0: This morning on AgriTalk, we're digging deep into the cookie jar to grab some of the conversations that I've already had this year. We just haven't had a chance to share them with you. We'll be talking about what's new at John Deere. Then we'll talk animal health and making sure calves get every chance to perform in the feedlot.
1: From Christmas morning via Farm Journal broadcast, this Ah. is Talk. This morning we'll feature highlights from conversations at the National Association of Farm Broadcasters, CONFAB, in Kansas City, USA. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson, and now the host of AgriTalk, Chip Flory.
0: Merry Christmas, Davis. How are you, buddy? Merry Christmas, buddy. Yeah, good, good, good. Merry Christmas to everyone out there. Thank you so much for joining us on this Christmas day. Um, you know, we can talk about this for the entire show. I just want to say it this way. God bless you. God bless everyone out there uh, for celebrating Christmas and the birth of Jesus. And uh, it, it's uh, it's a wonderful, magical time of the year, dude.
1: Amen, brother. Well said. Yeah. Yes. You
0: betcha. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Love it. You know, by the time we get to Christmas morning like it is right now, uh-huh. especially with the way everything is all set up. Yeah. It's just kind of a downhill slide now, isn't it?
1: Into into deep dark winter. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> yeah. Our goose is cooked. Winter.
1: As they say. That's yeah. That's where the phrase comes from because you have the Christmas goose, and then right. after that, your goose is cooked. You're
0: good. Because <laughs> of the winter. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. All right. All right. You know, we've had some conversations earlier this year, as you mentioned it at uh the NAFB convention in Kansas City. Uh You know, when you reach into the – let's talk Christmas cookies for a moment, shall we? I sure do love
1: those Christmas cookies, sugar.
0: (laughs) Darn right. You know, (laughs) and and sometimes they're a little misshapen. Sometimes eh, maybe one gets broken. So you've got (laughs) Mm -hmm. those pieces that are down towards the bottom of the cookie jar. Yeah. It doesn't mean they're any less good. Than the cookies that are at the top of the jar, right? Oh, of course
1: not, right? No.
0: Right. So what we're going to do is we're going to dig a little deeper into the cookie jar and pull out some of those tasty morsels. Dig a little that, deeper
1: now. Yeah,
0: that you have that we haven't had a chance to present yet. So uh, mm-hmm. that's that's what we're going to be doing on today's show. I'm looking forward to it. Well, and uh, it's a great idea, stuff. very
1: relatable because Chip, really, aren't we all just a little bit misshapen and broken? Just a little bit.
0: Some of us more than others. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. How yes. about a little Christmas fun? Oh, ho, 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 ho. What would you like for Christmas,
0: little fella?
2: I would like for all the children of the world to hold hands together and listen to AgriTalk. Oh, ho, ho, AgriTalk.
1: And we'll with that, I've collected some news stories from last week. Okay. Maybe we should just. I just want to run them by you okay, and, and let you go a little bit. Ooh, we're going to run short on time here. Overall, last week, uh, stocks registered, actually two weeks ago, registered their seventh straight week, week of gains. Mm-hmm. The best winning streak for the S&P 500 since 2017. The best streak for the Dow since 2019. Chip, we've talked about, you know, I talked to Bubba uh, Wednesday last week. I just asked him flat out, is the stock market overvalued? He said, well, yeah, but people keep buying it. Yeah. Um, an interesting dynamic here between money flowing one way and not the other.
0: Exactly. Uh, we talk about that investment money from time to time. It's due, it, It's got one purpose. Find the quickest, biggest return that it possibly can. Mm. And that money, and I'm not talking about the buy and hold money,
3: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you
0: know, uh, like it, typical in a 401k. Right. I'm talking about that speculative money. Right now, it is looking at the equity markets and saying, that is where my biggest, quickest return is possible, and it's sure not from the commodities. Yeah. So we're having a hard time moving some of that money into the ag commodities at this time. Good stuff. Uh, in other news,
1: the update to the GREET model in March will play a pivotal role in determining the eligibility of fuels for the Sustainable Aviation Fuel Credit. Jeff.
0: 36 billion gallon market. That's what USDA Secretary Tom Vilsack says is the sustainable aviation fuel market. Mm-hmm. The greep model and the use of greep model in evaluating the um, the eligibility of corn-based ethanol for conversion to jet fuel is very important. It was one of the key pieces in making that market available to corn-based ethanol. We've we've crossed a lot of the ground that needs to be crossed in making that happen. The devil is in the details. We'll find Mm -hmm. out more later this uh, early in 2024.
1: And that's on SAF, your sustainable aviation fuel. Meanwhile, the National Corn Growers Association praised an EPA decision that advances the request of several governors to allow their states to sell E-15 year-round to the Office of Management and Budget.
0: Good, not good enough. Okay, I was going to uh, say, is this a good thing or are we not yeah, quite there yet? It is. It is. It's a good thing. Uh, we've got those eight states that will have E-15 available all summer long. Uh, mm-hmm. that's, that's great. Better are some of the uh, biofuel legislation that has been put forward that would make E15 available year-round in all states, that is where we need to end up with, uh, Davis. That's where we mm-hmm. need to be when it comes to E15. Uh,
1: let's see. The Oh, here we go. Here's a good one. The Senate has completed its voting for the year, wrapping up most of its year-end tasks. Senators Schumer and McConnell, who lead their respective parties, issued a joint statement in which they committed to acting on a supplemental bill addressing issues related to Ukraine, Israel, and immigration early in 2024.
0: Wrapping up their year end. No, they didn't. Where's the supplement? Where's the appropriations bills? Not the supplemental. Where's the appropriation bills? Where's the spending bills? Where's what needs to be done before we get to January 19th to make sure that we don't start shutting down parts of the government Including the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Where are those bills? They got, there is so much work to do when they get back home. And the problem is, they're all a bunch of, you know, easily distracted. Uh, j- j- it, it, I, don't, I have no idea Steady. Steady. how they're going to get this done, <laughs> yeah, Davis. Yeah. I just have no idea. Uh,
1: Here's a big one. Railroads and their shipping partners are urgently requesting the swift reopening of several bridges along the U.S.-Mexico border that were recently closed by American immigration authorities. These closures were implemented as a response to a significant increase in uh, illegal migration.
0: Yeah. Um, There you go. Immigration now has an official tie to economic issues in the U.S. and in Mexico. And they're, the feed makers in Mexico rely on those regular shipments. Mm-hmm. If they don't get those shipments, they only some of the feed makers only hold three to four days of soybean meal supplies. Davis, yep. Yep. they're out. Yeah, some of those feed makers are out. So this is an issue that we got to get fixed and fixed very Quick. soon. Quick. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. It was
1: a great week of coverage, brother. Uh, Merry yeah, Christmas was. and everything. Hope you're having oh. a great day. Spending some time with some family, I would imagine.
0: Absolutely. Family and some friends and having a great day uh, on Christmas Day 2023. God bless you, everybody out there. Uh, yeah. We've got some coverage coming your way. We're going to be talking about what is new and uh, the latest and greatest at John Deere. Then later in the show, we're going to be talking about some animal health coming your way right here on AgriTalk.
4: Leave low yields in the dust and never look back. Rev up your return on investment with Syngenta. Our innovative portfolio of crop protection products outperforms and out yields any deal, giving you higher yield and profit potential at the finish line. Syngenta,
1: where better yield is the better deal. Always read and follow label instructions. Let's face it, nobody likes to compromise. When it comes to your soybean fields,
5: you shouldn't have to choose between powerful weed control and keeping your crops safe from stress and injury. Thankfully, there's Tendovo, a broad-spectrum pre-emergence herbicide formulated to fight weeds without sacrificing crop safety, delivering a higher potential yield for your fields. Tendovo, raising the pre-emergence bar one clean row at a time. Always read and follow label directions. Please check with your local extension service to ensure registration status.
6: The Scoop Podcast is where we talk about tight supply chains, emerging agronomic challenges, technology tools delivering ROI. I'm Margie Echelkamp, editor of The Scoop and host of The Scoop Podcast. Join me as I interview leaders from across the ag retail sector. Farmers are working hard for every bushel and their trusted advisors are by their side. Find The Scoop Podcast wherever you find podcasts so you are up to date on everything ag retail.
2: This is Andrew McCray, host of the American Countryside. I'm also a farmer and rancher from northwest Missouri, and I hope you'll join me each week for Farming the Countryside as we take a look at the top issues impacting agriculture as told by the people farming and working in their industry. We'll talk about markets and trade, share some of the latest tips and trends for grain and livestock producers, and take a look at trends impacting rural America. Join me for Farming the Countryside on many local radio stations or on your favorite podcast platform, or just go to farmingthecountryside.com.
1: Hey, what's up, y'all? I'm Kelly Clarkson, and as the daughter of a school teacher, I know just how important education is. No matter how old you are or your situation, continuing to learn will enrich your life and help remove barriers you didn't even know were there. So much opportunity, y'all. Whether it's a foreign language, history, or a different way to look at things, take some time each day to learn something new. This message is courtesy of the United States Air Force. We've cleared the schedule for you. Give us a call at 855 482 5524 and join the conversation. But
0: do you recall the most famous? Chip Flory back at the National Association of Farm Broadcasting Convention down in Kansas City. Uh, Trade Talk is happening. Gives us an opportunity to talk with a lot of different companies and find out what is new. And that's what we're doing right now with Anthony Staczynski. He uh, is with John Deere talking about planters. And, Anthony, when we, when we talk about increasing efficiency in a row crop operation, we talk about doing as much as we possibly can on that one pass and that most important pass that we make, and that is with the planter. Uh, what, what, uh, what have we got to look forward to?
7: Yeah, so from a, from a planting perspective, you know, when you're talking that one pass, right, so doing as much as you can, uh, putting the seed in the ground, hopefully putting some uh, fertilizer on at the same time, uh, we've got a few things, right? So uh, our exact emerge technology, so really uh, high-speed planting, doing things a little bit quicker, doing things a little bit more efficient, covering more acres in a day. Uh, that that high-speed planter allows you to know where that seed's at through the process. comes out of the seed bowl, down the brush belt, and we know right where it is in the brush belt, right into the, as it hits the furrow. Uh, something else that we have now uh, is either our exact uh, exact shot technology or our uh, exact rate technology. So fertilizer applications, uh, in-furrow fertilizer application that can be done at the same time. So uh, exact rate. Uh, really is uh, uh, instead of that just continuous drip tube that we're, we're maybe more used to, uh, it's it allows you to, as you change speed, your rate changes uh, as you go through corners, your uh, turn compensation, as we would call it. So uh, that inside's maybe gonna put a little less down, the outside will put a little more down, keeps that rate consistent uh, as you're going across the field. Uh, when you think of that exact shot uh uh, technology, I would say that's a step step further, right? So that's actually dosing that seed. Uh, you can do either a one inch, a two inch, a three inch dose. Uh, so your fertilizer savings—we've uh, seen a sixty-six percent uh, reduction in the amount of fertilizer you're putting down. On uh, the study so far, it showed the same yield uh, as a continuous application. So really, uh, save, saving you on that input side while keeping the output the, the same.
0: Yeah. You know, we're We are a lot of analysts, economists think that we're getting into a period of tighter margins. Everybody's thinking about their costs and cutting costs. Sometimes you got to spend money to save a little bit of money. And when when we think about the technology that is available and what can happen with that first pass with that planter out there, that's you got to incorporate that into your financials, into your balance sheet, don't you?
7: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, uh, as you said, I, I mean, I'm the, I'm the planner guy. Yep. Uh, it's yep. the mo- most important step in the in the entire process, right? If <laughs> if you don't do that right, uh, the the application step, the harvesting step, none of that matters. Um, so, so really controlling that seed to the furrow, uh, you know, using uh, what I would say exact emerge uh, to control that seed to the furrow, hydraulic downforce, ensuring that that furrow remains the same. And then that, that application of that starter fertilizer, um, doing that as efficient as you can is going to help lower that that input cost uh, yeah. for a producer.
0: Okay. So when we're out on uh, the Pro Farmer Crop Tour, the third week of August every year, I'm always looking at at consistency in a field, um, and looking at it's you can see the technology in the stand. And when you can get into a situation where, where you you see that, you know that the parts are working together. Then at that point,
7: yeah, yeah. I mean, really, what you're talking about is that uniform emergence, yeah. right? You want all those plants coming through uh, the ground at the same time, uh, using that that nutrient, using the nutrients you're putting down to where that crop's going to grow to its maximum potential. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think you nailed it. You go walk through a field and you can see hey, we had no skips, we had no doubles, uh, everything's working as it should, everything's at the same height. Uh, I mean, that's, that's really that harmony we're looking for.
0: Okay, so we've been watching the, the planters evolve over time, you know, from 6, 12, 48. Uh, now let's add speed. Now let's add seed placement. What are we adding Next.
7: Oh, man. So uh, exact shot's the newest one, right? So exact shot, that that fertilizer placement, uh, furrow visions uh, was right behind that. So being able to actually see in the furrow uh, as we're going through the field and see what's what's happening. Uh, Is there debris there? Is there not debris there? Uh, How's that furrow forming? Are you putting too much pressure uh, with your downforce or not? Uh, So kind of that uh, glimpse inside of the furrow, if you would. Um, but you never, never know. You never know what's coming next, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Anthony, it's one of the most exciting, uh, areas on the production side to work in. And, and uh, uh, the, like I said, the way that the product, the product has evolved over time, it's really been fun to watch. So keep up the good work and, uh, let's, let's put it, let, let's keep the pushing these guys out there and see
7: what they can do. For, For sure. For sure. You know, I would say, you know, visit Deer.com yeah. or your local John Deere dealer. You know, they're going to have uh, have more uh, more information than what I can give you here. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, maybe come visit us at Commodity Classic and see what uh, that next generation looks like. Beautiful. Thank you, Anthony.
0: That is Anthony Staczynski. He's with a John Deere. Having a conversation now with Yancey Wright from John Deere. Talking about precision upgrades. You got to keep up with the technology, Yancy. It's uh, that's absolutely paramount in today's farming, isn't it?
5: it absolutely, and you know that's our focus in uh, precision upgrades is bringing all of our latest technology to as to as many growers as possible uh, with their with their current equipment. Um, we used to be uh, called performance upgrades, and we recently changed our our name to precision just because of that. That that's going to be our focus moving forward, and uh, and as you see some of the new uh, portfolio items that we brought out to the market, you'll see that focus of, of precision ag and bringing that to as many growers as possible.
0: Where's the greatest demand for the upgrades right now? What are people looking to upgrade the most? Well, I'd say the last
5: three years, based planters have been our, our biggest upgrade opportunity. You know, high speed technology, bringing exact Merge. Uh, put fertilizer systems on. Um, but one of the things that we're really excited about is um, is uh, what we call the Precision Ag Essentials. That's a, it's, a, it's a precision upgrade offering that we're bringing to the market where it's got our um, our latest G5 uh, Precision Ag display, universal display, SF7000 uh, receiver, and a modem for telematics and to be able to connect with our operations center. Um, and that's an offering that's a it's an upgrade offering that the growers will be able to purchase that hardware at a lower upfront cost, and then pay for the level of technology they want. So if they just want documentation, uh, section control, auto track, they'll pay a lower amount than if they want more advanced technologies like um, auto track turn automation or AutoPath. You know, that's an example of some of the some of the uh, exciting new precision AG technology we're bringing out from an upgrade standpoint
0: uh, yeah, I think it's really important to realize something that you said here a bit ago it, you're talking about upgrading the equipment that you've already got on the on the farm it's not like we got to go out buy a new tractor from John Deere to get these upgrades on, on the precision technology that's correct I mean we've got upgrades
5: for 10 15 year old uh, machines at this point, you know, that are they're obviously uh, there's a lot of those in the market, and they're all getting used, right? So we're we're uh, we're focused on on making sure those have the latest technology. An example, Chip, is so I'm sure you've heard of CN Spray. that's our that's our our latest sprayer technology where we're, we're we're identifying where the weeds are, where we're just spraying herbicide, you know, on those areas where there's actively growing weeds. So we have now an upgrade. It's called CN Spray Premium. Where we can put that same technology that you get from the factory on a new sprayer, on on any sprayer that's 2018 or or newer with 120 foot steel booms. So now we can put that same that same technology on those sprayers, and they'd be able to take advantage of that um, of that of that seam spray technology on their current sprayer.
0: That is, to be able to do that with the technology that's already out there. And and I know who I'm talking to, but I'll say it. But it costs a lot for that new sprayer to have any piece of equipment that you can upgrade. has got to be so important to some of the guys out there.
5: Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, doesn't matter the operation. Yeah. Any any operation could 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 benefit from technology that's going to reduce their input costs or increase their yield potential. Yeah. And that's our goal is to is to bring that technology to as many growers as possible. Um, you know, to 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 let them realize that the value of some of this new technology coming to the market. Fantastic, Yancey. Thank you so
0: much. Thank you, tip Appreciate it. All right. That's Yancey Wright. We're talking precision upgrades. Uh, Yancey is with John Deere. Thank you so much to Anthony and Yancey from John Deere. A lot of good things coming our way from John Deere in the year ahead. Okay, coming up next, let's talk about some animal health. We've got Steve Lerner from Christian Hansen and Dr. Tim Parks from Merck. Coming up next, right here on Agritalk.
2: Being an Army Ranger is a very fast-paced lifestyle. I was clearing a weapons cache in Haditha, Iraq, when the building collapsed on me, burying me alive. I spent six months in the hospital and a year of recovery. When I was separated from the military, I just felt like I was useless because I only had this one thing that I was supposed to do and then that one thing was taken away from me. Then one day, I got a call from Wounded Warrior Project. They asked me to come to a workout and I decided that I was gonna get better, both physically and mentally. Now I'm a warrior leader. I create events and opportunities for other veterans locally. Wounded Warrior Project did a phenomenal job reminding me that my injuries aren't going to define who I am. And because of that, I can do anything that I want.
6: See how we help warriors combat stigma at woundedwarriorproject.org slash combatstigma.
0: Here we are, the final week of trade in 2023. What did you learn after growing the most expensive corn crop you've ever planted? That's what we'll be talking about this afternoon on Agritalk. Chris Barron from AgView Solutions will be our guest analyst. The combination of a less-than-ideal growing season and tight beginning stocks at the start of the 2023 24 growing season for both corn and soybeans generated an excellent selling opportunity at mid-year last year. Here at the end of the year, those opportunities don't look so excellent, With corn carryover set to reach comfortable levels, the outlook for soybean prices is more optimistic. But there are concerns that growers might landslide acres from corn to beans for the upcoming growing season. That would take some of the air out of the still elevated bean market. In the conversation with Chris this afternoon, we talk about math. Plain, simple, old school math. There are a lot of variables that need to be considered in developing a marketing plan for what's left of the 2023 crop and for the 2024 crop. And with new crop prices currently well below last year's best selling opportunities, the year ahead is set up to be a difficult marketing year. We know that. The good news is that you can calculate a marketing plan. You need to stay practical in your projections. You've got to set goals that are achievable and you have to have a plan that will allow you to reconnect with the upside market potential. We'll talk through it this afternoon on AgriTalk at 206 Central. Merry Christmas, everybody.
4: I taught for 20 years until I started forgetting my lectures. Eventually, he had to quit. Getting his early Alzheimer's diagnosis was hard, but it gave us time to take control of the situation together. I can't imagine going through this without him.
6: If you or your family are noticing changes, it could be Alzheimer's. Talk about seeing a doctor together. For more information, visit alz.org slash time to talk. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council.
1: Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors.
0: Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. Glad you're with us. Dr. Steve Lerner is the Senior Scientific and Business Advisor from North America for Christian Hansen. Uh, He joins us right now. Steve, it's good to see you again. Thank you, Chip. Happy to be here. All right. Um, we, we see all the commercials uh, for uh, about what probiotics can do for human health. Talk to me about probiotics in a swine ration. How does it help?
4: Absolutely. So probiotics, in simple fact, do four things for an animal. They ensure that they get nutrients out of their feed through digestion, Those nutrients are absorbed through a healthy digestive system, taken into the body. They also support the barrier function, preventing leaky gut, and support normal immune functions. So, in a pig flow, if you get more nutrients out of the feed, into the animal, based on the resource allocation model of life, those pigs will allocate those resources to maintenance, to defense, and very importantly, to growth. And the more healthy, normal pigs you have in any pig flow, your greater chances of a positive economic
0: outcome. Yeah. And probiotics support that outcome. Steve, I was just going to say we're dealing with such a tough economic situation in hogs right now. I mean, We're working on two and a half, three years where there, there just hasn't been a lot of black ink on those balance sheets. But when you talk about something like a probiotic and what it can do to help increase the efficiency, that's how you dig your way out of a hole, isn't it? Well,
4: sometimes producing more meat is just more red ink. But as you just mentioned, if you can improve the efficiency by which they take the very expensive groceries you're providing in the form of feed and more efficiently convert that to body, then your cost per unit output goes down and your chance for margin goes up, again, depending upon contractual constrictions. Yeah. But but in fact, efficiency is the driver. Yeah. And, and in, in the bigger picture of things, we want efficient, sustainable agriculture because the evidence is we're not going to be feeding fewer people in the future, right? and efficiency is the game, and we talk about sustainability. It's an odd notion, but for me, it's a simple law of mass balances. In Feed for Pigs, we're talking about carbon, hydrogen, oxygen, some nitrogen that goes in. The more of that I keep in the body, the less goes back out into the environment, and that is a highly sustainable notion, and we have great evidence that using probiotics, effective probiotics, supports normal functions, which means a greater percentage of animals are normal and healthy, which is an improvement in sustainability and hopefully profitability for those operations.
0: Yeah, Steve, it seems to me that the conversations that I've had with livestock producers, and it doesn't matter if we're talking about a dairy operation, a, a hog, poultry, the the drive for efficiency and animal comfort, animal overall animal health has gone has moved up the priority list dramatically in the last five years. Even is, is, is that fair to say? Uh, a-
4: absolutely true. And and there is tremendous pressure in our society yeah. for not only thinking about sustainability, but animal welfare has become a huge thing. We know from human medicine that a healthy balanced microbiome which is the collection of all the microorganisms in the gut of an individual can impact things far away from gingivitis and gum disease to type 1 and type 2 diabetes to autism and Alzheimer's. There is a phenomenal growing body of evidence that there is a microbiome gut-brain axis And we have evidence, in fact, in poultry where if you can create a healthy microbiome through signaling to the brain, you can improve the well-being, the comfort, the cognitive function of the animals in our care. This is a remarkable concept. Not only are you impacting their general health, but their mental health and well-being, which is a differentiating thing in the consumer base, If you say we are aware that what we're doing improves the quality of the lives of the animals in our care up until the time they're marketed for food because they're food-producing animals, this is a beautiful concept, and the evidence is becoming overwhelming, and people are beginning to understand it. They see it in their own health, and it, it relates to you, your family, your children, and every animal in your care, whether that's dairy cattle... Feedlot cattle, a, p- a flow of pigs, a flock of birds. Your pets, yeah. the same exact concept is true. Starts in the gut, doesn't it? It is all. And so, one more anecdote, right? Yeah. So, bacteria have been on this planet for 3.2 billion years. All higher life forms evolved in the presence of bacteria it should not surprise us at all that they have found a beautiful way to communicate with us. It's an advantage for them. It's an advantage for their host. And that is the definition of a probiotic. A probiotic must improve the the health of their host.
0: And, And there's evidence that it does. That's fantastic. Good stuff. Thank you, Steve. My absolute pleasure, Chip. All right. That is Dr. Steve Lerner, Senior Scientific and Business Advisor for North America and Christian Hansen. Conversation now with dr tim parks he is a dvm a cattle uh technical services manager at Merck. he joins us right now tim it's good to talk with you good to be here all right you know when that calf comes out of the sale barn when he comes off the trailer he's bringing a lot of value with him right now and we want to make sure that we've got as healthy an animal as we possibly can so it can
8: perform in the feedlot. Talk to me about what Merck is doing to help make sure we've got that healthy animal. You know, one of the things that we've been focused on over the last several years is is exactly that. We've got to have an animal that, when it when it leaves its home of origin, it's ready to go. And one of the things that we've really been focused on is the internasal vaccines. We have products that we have brought to the market the last several years: Bovillus Nasal Gen 3 and Bovillus Nasal Gen 3 PMH vaccines, intranasal, that are designed to to stimulate immunity against the most common pathogens associated with bovine respiratory disease in cattle. Bovine respiratory disease is still the number one thing that we fight, especially in that post-wean time frame. So when we talk about that animal leaving the sale barn and getting on the truck and going to a new address, we got to make sure that we've done things prior to that to really prepare it and these intranasal vaccines fit very nicely into that program. Okay. When? When do you use these vaccines? Where we see a lot of these vaccines being used is in that branding age or turnout age calf. So a calf in that one to four months of age time frame. And and some advantage of the intranasal route is the way that the the cells present present that vaccine to the immune system is different than if we inject it under the skin. So if we have good circulating antibodies from mom's colostrum in that baby calf, we're not as worried about it grabbing hold of our vaccine and maybe diminishing the response that we could see to it because we're presenting in a different manner. So these internasal vaccines not only do that, but the other thing that we see, that's where most of the bugs that cause disease enter. They come through the nose or they come through the mouth. So if we can stimulate immune response in that young calf right there in that nasal cavity, we're really setting it up for pretty good success as we start thinking about what are we going to do prior to weaning at weaning time so when it does go to the sale barn and and it goes goes to a new location that it's ready to make that move. Okay, what's the period of control that you get with this vaccine? Generally, what we're going to see with these vaccines is internasally is we're going to see activity that going to give us protection outwards of six months on certain certain things some of them are shorter some of them are longer but this is the initial vaccine that we're going to put in and then stimulate what we call memory for the immune system so it recognizes the vaccine again uh, or a different vaccine that has the same antigens at a later time frame but it can also recognize natural infection if it comes in place so we're going to put it in at that branding time frame and then we want to come back preferably at a pre-wean time frame, and get another vaccine in to get a boost on what we did early in that calf's life and just stimulate, drive an antibody response and stimulate the immune system. So when weaning time comes around, the most stressful thing that time that calf's going to have seen at that point in its life it's ready for that time frame. So, so we start early, we create memory, and then we need to come back. We got it. We need to get that booster in at a pre-wean or wean time frame just to try to get it through that stress of, of weaning. Yeah. So seeing is believing, right? And when you're out checking pens, if you're on this kind of a program, I mean, can you see it in the cattle? What you see, what we tend to see on good on good vaccine programs is you just see cattle that are performing well and, and aren't sick. And that the biggest thing, one of the goals that we have with any vaccine protocol, we prepare that calf for moves through production cycles. Hopefully, we're going to prevent disease. But really, ultimately, one of the big goals is when we when these cattle become exposed to other pathogens, when we co-mingle them with other animals, I, it's, it's the it's the school effect. When we take kids to school at the beginning of the year, we they get sick. When we put that school effect into them as we start to co-mingle them, what we want is an animal that's hopefully will have diminished signs. But if we do have to treat them, we want an animal that's going to be able to, to respond well to that treatment.
0: Very cool. It's a valuable animal now. It, well, it's always been a valuable animal. It's just worth more now than it was before. So we want to do everything that we can to protect them. Interesting. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. All right. That is Dr. Tim Parks dvm and uh, cattle technical services manager there at Merck. yep it is always important to make sure that that calf gets off to a good start to make sure that it can perform as well as it possibly can once it gets into the feedlot big thanks to steve and to dr tim parks you know coming up next we've got a lot of challenges for the 2024 growing season let's find out what basf has planned to help you manage those challenges
5: Ready for our little forest adventure?
6: Yes!
4: We're here.
3: Whoa, that was
4: There's a forest closer than you think. Find a park or forest near you and music inspired by nature at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by USDA Forest Service and the Ad Council.
6: Retirement can be scary, but only if you're not prepared.
4: because only you can prevent wildfires. Hey, Assistant Smokey Bear, call me Papa Bear, because I'm
1: grilling up dinner. (laughs) Do you get it?
6: Yes, good job.
1: So what should I do with all these coals?
6: Don't just toss them out. Put them in a metal container because those embers can start a wildfire.
1: I understand. The stakes are high. Ha,
6: ha, ha, ha.
7: Learn more at SmokeyBear.com.
6: Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council.
7: There I was, driving along when I saw the corn laying down in the field, goosenecked again. Even though I tried everything, new traits, existing soil insecticides, every corn grower knows the hassle of gooseneck corn. But now there's Nerisma Insecticide from BASF, a better, stronger, in insecticide that controls corn rootworm and below-ground pests. Stand up for your corn with Nerisma Insecticide. Ask your authorized BASF retailer about Narisma. And always read and follow label directions.
2: Hey, I'm Reba McIntyre. Growing up in Oklahoma, I had big dreams of becoming a successful country music singer. But I also knew the odds were against me and that I needed an education to fall back on. Studying never got in the way of my dreams. In fact, school gave me lots of opportunities I wouldn't have had otherwise with my career. Please stay in school and try your best. You never know where a good education might
6: take you. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. I'm Tyne Morgan, host of U.S. Farm Report. Join me each weekend as we explore the news and issues that matter the most to agriculture. We know this past year has been challenging in many ways, but as agriculture continues to adapt, We are right there with you. From markets to weather, each weekend we take a deep dive into what matters most. Join me each weekend for U.S. Farm Report, timely, trusted tradition. The Scoop Podcast is where we talk about tight supply chains, emerging agronomic challenges, technology tools delivering ROI. I'm Margie Eckelkamp, editor of The Scoop and host of The Scoop Podcast. Join me as I interview leaders from across the ag retail sector. Farmers are working hard for every bushel and their trusted advisors are by their side. Find the Scoop podcast wherever you find podcasts so you are up to date on everything ag retail. Mama, what does
8: the chicken say?
6: Uh, chicken. Oh, okay. Uh and a wolf oh a wolf I, I...
0: Ooh, what about the tiny dog cat Aww. owl ooh, ooh,
1: ooh. dolphin <coughs> what does the turkey say <coughs>
7: whale, yeah, whale so. to the giraffe giraffe really oh, okay Giraffe, uh, giraffe. 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 You're not going to get it all right. Just make sure you know the big stuff, like making sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size. Get it right. Visit NHTSA.gov.
4: Slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
1: We don't make the news, we render it. Agritalk.
0: Welcome back to Talk. I'm your host, Chip Flory. Got Davis Michelson with me. How you doing, yeah. buddy? Oh, really good. Good, good, good. Merry Christmas again. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you as well. All right, all right. So we're having some tasty morsels out of mm-hmm. this cookie jar of yes. interviews that uh, I've done earlier this year. You know, one of the things that we talked about in 2023, Davis, is how the, the corn and soybean crops through genetics and management almost seem bulletproof, right? Mm-hmm. And... As we think about that, it can be a little dangerous. You start to let your guard down on making sure that you're doing everything that you possibly can for that corn crop, for that bean crop. And you can uh, you can maybe open up those crops to some stresses that we don't need to for the year ahead. So let's get back in the cookie jar and, and take one more look at the 2024 growing season. Nick Swiser with BASF joins us right now. Nick, um, when we look back at the last couple of years growing seasons out there, we've gone through some challenges that have been Mother Nature related. These are challenges that farmers face down every year. What does BASF see as
3: some of the challenges that you're going to help farmers manage in the year ahead? Yeah, for sure. I think uh, there's a couple of things. So extreme weather is one element. Drought, frosts, uh, extreme weather events are continuing to increase. That's one. Uh, the other one would be uh, the its dramatic increase in input costs. Fertilizers more expensive, fuels more expensive, labor is more expensive, yeah. how to manage that working capital. And I think the last one to me would be disease and weed resistance. And VSF has a very strong pipeline of solutions to help out with that. Uh, so I would say on the uh, weed and disease resistance, we have We will be launching 25 new products by 2025. We're working on eight new active ingredients. And each of those active ingredients costs about $250 million to develop. And it takes about 10 years to bring those to market. So uh, there's a lot of new innovation and solutions that BSF is working on to help growers mitigate some of these issues.
0: That's a huge pipeline. Uh, How do you manage that?
3: Well, I think it goes down to what the market needs, right? So we're not just in a lab building something that no one needs. So we have constant communication with growers, and agronomic experts to help us figure out what works best and where to place it best and what's going to deliver the most value for growers. Do you anticipate that all those products are going to be coming to market? Yes, there's 20, wow. 25 new products by 2025. And I think it's, again, all driven by disease and weed resistance. So there's a need out there. The tools that growers have today are just not the same that they were 10, 20, 30 years ago. So there's a need for it.
0: Okay, yeah, you're. I agree completely that there's a need for it, but what i envision now is a farmer sitting down at a table trying to figure out exactly what it is from this new basf portfolio that can help them do what they need to get done out in the field the education on this is going to be huge
3: yeah absolutely and i think we have we have world-class agronomic experts and uh maybe two quick examples i think on weed resistance that will help them yeah. into in some of these new products first one is certain herbicide which is the next generation of our Kicksor technology and I think the important part is the differentiator here is the formulation. So it is the very first solid encapsulation technology. Uh, and what that means is you have a wider window of application for this kicksor technology. So it'll be targeted for our corn grower. And it means that they can apply KickSor, uh be both pre and post, which helps them to become re- less reliant upon HPPDs and those group 27s. And uh, that'll be super important into the future. The other one that we have launching also both in 2024, we hope to get registration would be uh, Liberty Ultra, which is our new uh, glue L technology. And the different wow. the differentiator here is also the formulation. So it's part of our Liberty Lock uh, patented technology on the formulation. And what it does is the droplets hit the leaf and it allows it sticks a little bit more and it, it spreads across the leaf much more rapidly. And that means better coverage and also about 25 percent less volume of product that's needed out in the field. And this will also be the baseline for many, many more premixes we have coming into the market. So we're very excited about Liberty Ultra and Sertane Herbicide in 2024. Hey, we're talking about futuristic stuff here. When you talk about getting
0: better coverage from the droplets and everything, that's just so cool. It's something that we probably weren't even trying to think of it 10 years ago.
3: Yeah, absolutely. This is where um, all of these conversations with farmers come to fruition, right? So this is what is needed in the market. So that's why uh, I think we're very excited about certain in, in particular. Okay,
0: um, it all costs money. We're looking at a, a a period of time where most of the people that I'm talking to are talking about a period of tighter margins. How do we pay for all of this?
3: Yeah, it's a good, it's a very good question. Um, if you look at operating loans for a grower, the rates are now six to eight percent, double what they were uh, three years ago. Uh, for our corporate working capital, it's 10 to 12% working capital cost, double what it was a couple of years ago. So, this is a very important topic for us, and BSF's very excited. We've done this for more than 10 years now to have a market leading grower financing offer. So, uh, any purchase that's made uh, before March 15th will be a 1.99% interest rate. Anything after March 15th will be 2.99%, and also terms due at harvest. Uh, if for our retailer and distributor partners, there's a huge benefit as well. So it reduces those that accounts receivable and helps also them to manage their working capital much, much better. Um, and I think the last point too, is if, as an example, if I'm a grower investing $100,000 into 500 acre farm, um, that savings and interest rate versus the operating loan rate is worth about $17 per acre for their operation. So we're very excited to have this out in the marketplace in 2024.
0: Very cool. I got to go back to something that you mentioned earlier, the weed resistance issues. You've got the huge pipeline coming. There's got to be product in there to help deal with it. You already talked about that a little bit. Is
3: weed resistance an issue that can be overcome? I think if it's managed in in the right way, and I'd probably lean on my technical colleagues to go through that in a little bit more detail. But uh, we believe very strongly that it's based, It's going to have to be based on new technology. And this is where BSF is investing quite a bit of money and quite a bit of uh, attention to that. So we believe that's the future.
0: Outstanding, Nick. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks for your time. Appreciate All it. All right. Nick would with BASF. Good stuff, Nick. Thank you so much. All right. Hey, Merry Christmas, everyone. Come back this afternoon. We've got a great conversation coming your way with Chris Barron from AgView Solutions. We've talked about managing that crop to get through the 2024 season. Let's talk about financing it with Chris. Tomorrow morning on Agritalk, we've got the gang from BamWX. They're going to be here to get us up to speed on what to expect from the weather this week. And Weismeyer, Weismeyer will be here to run down the news events that happened over the weekend. Merry Christmas, everyone. This is Agritalk. Talk. it's
1: If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. By wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers right away. If you're testing your blood sugar four or more times per day, injecting insulin three or more times per day, or using an insulin pump, call the Diabetic Health Hotline today and learn about the latest CGM technology. A CGM can immediately reduce pain. It's accurate, easy to use, and helps. You make better diabetes treatment decisions. And if you have Medicare, you can get a new CGM at little or no out of pocket cost. Plus, get free shipping and we'll build your insurance company for you. Call now to receive your new continuous glucose monitor at little or no out of pocket cost. Paid for by U.S. Medical Supply. Call 800 556 9015. That's 800 556 9015. Again, 800 556 9015. That's 800 556 9015.